0: Last Sunday, I gave you homework. How many remember I gave you homework last week? Wow, three people. That's good. So now I'm not going to ask you how many people did your homework, but take out a piece of paper and a number two pen. No, we we won't have a test. Anyway, but if you did go home and watch the video that's on our homepage from Thursday night of the uh, Northeast Vision Summit, if you watch the whole thing, it's 23 minutes long. There's a bunch of music. And then there's some, a preacher talking for a little while. Then there's more music. As the preacher talks in the middle, he makes this statement. Sometimes you have to worship by faith. And that thought really intrigued me. And to be honest, there's a part of every single week, at least a lot of times, a part of every single day where I find myself having to worship the Lord on faith. You know, it's not hard to worship the Lord when, man, I mean, you're, you're feeling it, you know. And, and like in that video, and we watched it uh, Wednesday night during prayer meeting, you just, I mean, it just feel like feels like heaven has come down and is meeting with you right there in the room. It's not hard to worship the Lord then, but it is hard to worship the Lord <laughs> when you're not feeling it. When it feels like instead of heaven coming down, it feels like the sky is falling. You say, I'm not really in the mood to worship the Lord. So let's talk a little bit about worshiping by faith. We read 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 7 a few minutes ago. For we walk by faith, not by sight. One of the things that distinguishes the way a child of God lives from the way the rest of the world lives is that, While everyone else proceeds by sight, they make their choices based on the circumstances. The believer walks by faith. We make our decisions based upon what the Word of God says. See, when faith says continue, sight might tell you to quit. When sight tells you that things are hopeless, faith continues to show you hope. When sight tells you to sit down, faith might tell you to run. And by the way, sometimes sight tells you to keep running and run harder. And faith says, no, sit still. You say, well, how do you know what faith is telling you to do? Right here. Because faith is taking God at his word and you've got to know the Bible in order to know what faith demands you to do. I think maybe the best illustration of the difference between walking by faith and walking by sight is the story of Peter walking on the water. We all know that Jesus walked on the water. Don't forget that Peter also walked on the water for maybe just a step or two. Jesus was walking across the Sea of Galilee. It was a storm, and they had been in the storm for many hours. It was was about 3 o'clock in the morning. And the disciples, and there's a storm, and they're in a boat, and they think they see a ghost because they see someone that appears to be walking across the waves. And they cry out, and Jesus says, Be not afraid, it is I. And so now that they know Jesus is there, the storm is still raging and Jesus is still walking on the water, but now they know everything's going to be okay because Jesus is there. Don't ever forget, if you know Jesus is there, everything's going to be okay, no matter how bad the storm is. That's not just a little preacher statement. That's, that's the way you want to live. That's the way I want to live. So once he realizes, "Oh, hey, we're good. Jesus is here." Peter says, and I love his faith, Peter says, "Lord, you could be Jesus for me for a second, brother Fred." He said, "You just stand up right there." And I, I sort of picture this is about the distance. Maybe it was further. I don't think it was much closer. Jesus said, oh, "I'm sorry." Peter said, "Lord, can I try that?" And Jesus said, sure, come ahead. So Peter jumps out of the boat, lands on the water. That had to be a cool feeling, to land on the water. Bang, (laughs) that's cool. And he starts to take a step towards Jesus. And knowing Peter, I mean, he might have been tempted to say, hey, guys, check this out. I I don't think he did, but he might have been tempted to. He takes a step or two towards Jesus, and all of a sudden, the Bible says a wave came up. Now uh, picture yourself a wave as as big as, as as high as tall as you are, towering over you, about to crash into you, you and I would have done the same thing, which is simply to go, whoo! And as soon as he took his eyes off of Jesus, he began to sink. Now, praise the Lord, as soon as he began to sink, Jesus reached out and grabbed him to keep him from sinking. And I love, by the way, before they got back into the boat, they walked together, and it, of course, Jesus. Jesus is holding on to them. He's not going to sink men. They're about to climb back into the boat. And I love it. Jesus said to Peter, Why'd you doubt? You had, there was no reason to doubt. There was no reason to sink. Thank you, Brother Fred. There was no reason to doubt. There was no reason to sink. Why'd you doubt? I had you. And let me just pause right there and say, are you walking in fellowship with the Lord today? Okay, there's going to come some waves. There's going to come some news that you weren't expecting. There's going to come some circumstances that you weren't expecting. There's going to come a betrayal that you weren't expecting. There's going to come a phone call that you weren't expecting. There's going to come a bill that you weren't expecting. There's going to come all kinds of things that you weren't expecting. Does that mean? Does that mean you're not going to have the victory anymore? Does that mean Jesus isn't going to take you to where you guys were going together? But we start to sink, don't we? Our spirit starts to sink. And we start to where we were before going, "Yeah, this is great." I mean, last night men's prayer meeting I was great. We're going to take this city for God. Then you got home and, you know, found out that somebody blew the engine in your car. That didn't happen, did it? Okay, I just made that up. Oh, and you started to sink. And everything that you enjoyed and your faith was strengthened in the, in the men's prayer meeting, and all of a sudden, bang, it's gone. Well, it can't happen now. And Jesus says, why'd you doubt? Why'd you doubt? There's going to be waves, people. Mark it down. There's going to be, when you get out of the boat and walk to Jesus, there's going to be waves. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He's going to bring you through. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He's going to bring you through. So I think that's a very good illustration of we walk by faith, not by sight. You keep your eyes on Jesus. You don't keep your eyes on the waves. The waves will come. I've always wondered what was going to happen. If he would have just kept his eyes on Jesus, would that wave have bounced off Peter? Or would he have just, how cool would it be to be walking on water and have a wave just hit you, splash, but you're still standing, and the wave is dead, the wave is gone. I mean, that, that would have been so, so cool just to experience it. Or there's a possibility that he would have just sort of risen up over the wave. I mean, just this ultimate surf thing. I have no idea. But, but Peter never found out because he took his eyes off of Jesus, got him on the wave. So we walk by faith. We keep our eyes on Jesus and his word and what he has for us and not on the circumstances around us. Now, let me shift gears a little bit. Let's turn a corner. One of the great responsibilities of the child of God is to worship the Lord. Say, wow, you, you turned a big corner right there, okay? Well, if we're going to walk by faith, we're going to proceed by faith and not proceed by sight, then we got to talk about at least something in which we're supposed to proceed, all right? And worship is one of the areas where we're supposed to proceed. Do you know you're to be worshiping the Lord every single day? Well, doggone, Pastor, I don't even know really what that means. Well, right, let's talk about it. We hear about praise and worship, and they're linked a lot. In our. It's, it's, uh, if I could say so, praise and worship has become a fad. And uh, you say, "Well, that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing unless it's poorly defined." And right now, it's being poorly defined. Right now, if you get in some sort of a, a worked-up ecstasy, that's called praise. That's not what praise is. Let's what the Bible says. Praise is. Turn to Hebrews chapter thirteen. Very clear definition. In any case it matters to you, very clear New Testament definition of what praise is. I don't think the definition ever praises or ever changes. Uh, but there there, you know, there, were some people who, well, I want to see that precisely in the New Testament. Okay, here it is. Hebrews 13, verse 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. Okay, well, what is that? Well, God knew you were going to ask that because he answered it. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. There's God's definition of praise. Your lips giving thanks to his name. That's praise. Now, what's the difference between praise and worship? Praise, clearly you saw there, praise is a specific action. It's your lips giving praise. I don't think you can, by definition, praise God silently in your heart because the Bible just said it's your lips giving thanks to God. If your lips aren't part of it, you haven't praised yet. Praise is an outward thing. It's a vocal thing. But what is worship? Praise is part of worship, but there's more to worship than just praise. Worship is a lifestyle of adoring and giving glory to God. Worship is a lifestyle of adoring and giving glory to God. So, you may not be actively involved in praising God, but you can still live a lifestyle of worshiping him. Uh, The psalmist said, unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. I believe that's a good way of describing what worship is. Worship is lifting up your soul to God. You may not be uh, uh, praising Him verbally at the moment you may not be singing to Him you may not be saying anything at all but with your heart or with your life you are lifting up your soul to God, you are adoring Him you are giving Him glory the psalmist said in another place be still and know that I am God sometimes you just sit still before the Lord and you're not saying anything at all and yet you're worshiping the Lord you're adoring Him and I believe worship can be a part of everything that we do. So, if we walk by faith and not by sight, we can worship God all the time, no matter what the waves, no matter what the circumstances. Now turn over to Psalm 27, and that's where we're going to finish up, and we just have a few minutes to go here. Good news there. We just have a couple of minutes to go there. One of the mistakes we make in worshiping the Lord, hear me carefully. This is very important for all of us. One of the mistakes that we make in worshiping the Lord is that we turn our worshiper on and off. Ah, right, it's church time. Let me turn my worshiper on. Let's get my worship on. Oh, but now I'm going to go. I'm going to go to 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 lunch or we're going to go with some friends and they're not really, they're not really into God and, and uh, we're, we're going to, you know, I want to listen to some, some, some of my own music, not really God music this afternoon while I eat. So I'm going to turn my worshiper off because I know I'm going to listen to some music that grieves the Holy Spirit. Oh, but I'm going to come back to church tonight. We're going to turn a worshiper on. After church, I'm going to go to Netflix and check out this R-rated movie that, that everybody's talking about. I to have to turn my worshiper on because I can't do the, both of those things at the same time. I go to work tomorrow, man. Nobody there. They don't. Not only do they know the Lord, they don't want to hear about Him. So I'm going to turn my worshiper off. See, we turn it on and off. We turn it. I think we all do that. And the more you grow in the Lord, the more you want to leave your worshiper on all the time. You know, when I first started using a cell phone when I first started using a computer. I. Uh, I turn my phone off and on, off and on, I turn my computer off and on. I don't know what's right or wrong, but I can tell you my laptop stays on all the time. My phone stays on all the time. Right or wrong, I don't know. But but that's that's what it's that's what it's come to. And I think that's an indication, unfortunately, that my phone is a pretty important part of my life and my laptop is a pretty important part of my life. Because I don't turn them off because it takes too long to turn it on when I need it. Is God an important enough part of our life that we turn our worshiper off when we think we don't need him. And by the way, I think it might take longer to turn your worshiper on than you think it does. Because when you get in a pinch and you need God, and all of a sudden you are like, Okay, God, I really need you big time right now. And you're waiting for your worshiper to boot up. A better thing is just don't ever turn it off. Instead of turning your worshiper off, don't watch that R-rated movie. Instead of turning your worship, worshiper off, don't listen to that mu- music that you know grieves the Holy Spirit. Say, Pastor, that, that sounds like a pretty dull life. God will walk you through it and you'll find it's the greatest life you could ever live. And I'm not claiming to have perfected it, but I'm telling you this, the more progress I make, the more I enjoy my life. So, we're in Psalm 27. Let's read verses 11 through 14. Psalm 27, verses 11 through 14. Of course, is David talking. He says, teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me o- uh, not over under the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. He said, people are lying about me. Then he says, and we, we sing this song, In fact, let's sing it together. If you know the the song that goes with verse 13. Oh, the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Oh, the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I had fainted lest I'd believe to see the goodness of the Lord too. Very good. He said, I had fainted lest I'd believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So let me boil it down here, and we've got just a couple of minutes to go. David said, if I could paraphrase him, I almost turned my worshiper off. I had fainted unless. I almost gave up on God. I almost decided to go out there and start walking by faith. I almost decided to start looking at the waves. I almost decided to start walking in the flesh. Hey, have you ever been walking with God and things got so bad that all of a sudden you decided to maybe look away from God a little bit and take things into your own hands. You know, this will of God thing doesn't work out. I'm just going to have to make this happen on my own. And there you find yourself right back in the flesh and right back in the pile of defeat that you were in before. David said, I almost turned my worshiper off. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So I believe what we're talking about here is worshiping by faith. Keeping that communion, that glory, that adoration going, not because there are no waves, but because even though there are waves, Jesus is right in front of you. Keeping your worshiper turned on and tuned in, not because you feel great, but because you believe the one who says everything's fine. Everything's fine. Let me ask husbands and wives, you ever have, we all have times if in your marriage if you've been married a while, sometime in the next month or two, I will reach the day And I need algebra to figure it out, but I will figure out and calculate. There's coming a day within the next couple of months where I will have been married for one half of my life. Now, the the year math is not hard, all right, because 25 years of marriage is coming up, not this week, but next week, and I turned 50 already. It's that part's not hard, it's the day, all right. So, anyway, if you've been married a while, you know there's some days where you're feeling down and your spouse is feeling up and they tell you everything's going to be fine and you don't want to hear it it's going to be all right quiet i want to keep believing everything's about to fall apart and don't ruin it and sometimes it's the other way around sometimes your spouse is like all right today's the day the world ends today's the day we run out of money today's the day they come and get us today's the day they dig dig my grave And who is it that always says that you're, oh, it's Pastor Wilkerson. Yeah, my casket's in town right now. I can feel that it's here. And you say, it's going to be all right. Shut up! (laughs) Don't tell me it's going to be all right. It's horrible. Don't ruin it. That's what we do to God all the time. We're Peter. The wave is coming. We get our eyes off of Jesus. Jesus. And we go to the Word of God. The Word of God says, Great peace have they which love thy law. Nothing shall offend them. That offend there is not talking about getting your feelings hurt, It's talking about get you off track. Nothing gets you off track when you love the Word of God. You have a great peace. So we go to the Word of God. The Word of God says, Hey, God says, I've got this. I'm in control. It's good. You're fine. And something in us says, We don't tell God to shut up, but we want to. Lord, Don't tell me it's going to be good when I know it's bad. And that's when we shut our worshipers off. And we go into the flesh. And we start dealing with these things by sight instead of by faith. And I say to you this morning, keep your worshiper on all the time. Okay, now I I can just about promise you if you've been paying attention that sometime today, tomorrow, the next day, you're going to get hit with a negative so big. That it's going to remind you of what you just heard, and you're going to have to make the decision: Do I give it to God and keep on living a life of giving glory to Him, or do I go back into my negative, discouraged flesh? So we're talking about yes, yeah, I'm such a loser. Everything bad always happens to me. I knew this was going to happen. I knew it wouldn't last. I knew that to... you turned your worshiper off. You start walking by sight again. You start walking in the flesh again. Let me show you. David said, don't get nervous, three things. He said in verse 11, worship by faith while you're learning. He said, teach me, O Lord. Hey, if you're still learning your faith, you're still learning the Christian life, you're still learning your relationship with God, you don't know how everything comes together. You don't know all the ins and outs, but worship God by faith and trust God. Hey, he knows what He knows what's going on. I don't have this whole thing of the Christian life figured out, but he does, and he's going to show me. Worship God by faith while you're learning. Worship God by faith while you are hurting. In verse number 12, he said, man, everybody's talking about me. False witnesses are risen up against me, such as breathe out cruelty. Hey, they're coming to get me. Okay? Worship God by faith. Lord, this doesn't feel good. (laughs) This doesn't feel good, but I'm trusting you. My faith is in you. God, you're still awesome. You were awesome before I got the bad news. You're still awesome now that I've gotten the bad news. You were awesome when I thought it was the most beautiful day in the world, but you're still awesome even after I've seen a black bear in my backyard and 911 won't even take my call. You're awesome! Worship God by faith when you're learning. Worship God by faith while you're hurting. Worship God by faith while you are waiting. Verse number 14. David's emphatic about this. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say. Little foghorn, leghorn. Wait, I say. I say, wait on the Lord. Am I old enough to? Three people probably even know who foghorn, leghorn is. Wait on the Lord. Worship by faith while you're waiting. We sat here in a room a month and a half ago listened to a lady with stage 4 brain cancer and since then she's gotten worse, not better. Stand right here and says, I have a peace that I can't even describe because God is good. God didn't let us see that as a spectacle. By the way, if you didn't hear that, I'm pretty sure her testimony is in Pastor Bishop's message, which is on our podcast. You can go hear it for yourself. God didn't let us see that just for a spectacle, just so we can say, oh, wow, I saw a really cool thing. God showed us that because he is allowing a woman who has the peace of God to teach us what the peace of God looks like and say, if she can have God's peace in her storm, I can have God's peace in my storm. Worship the Lord by faith. Believe him even when you can't see. Keep your eyes on Jesus when the wave's about to swallow you up. And you will find he's in control. He's got you covered. He'll carry you through. Let's stand together this morning.